0: Greetings, everyone. Welcome. My name is Andy Neal, and you're listening to The Hiker Podcast. everyone, this is Andy, and you're listening to the podcast that gets to know the hiker behind the trekking poles, the podcast that tries to demystify hiking, to try to get to know the hiker and find out how hiking has changed them and how they in turn are changing the world around them. That's right, we're finding out the why of hiking. This is the Hiker Podcast. My name is Andy, and this episode is of course sponsored by CS Instant Coffee and Canuck Outdoor. CS Instant Coffee is the best place to get coffee for the trail, and they give a crap. Their packaging is biodegradable. Canock Outdoors, amazing Vecto bags, the physical water bottles, and of course, the trekking poles. If you want to find out how to get those amazing products, just look in the description. I'll talk more about them at the end of the episode. Also, if you want to hear all the episodes of the Hiker Podcast, go to hikerpodcast.com, where we have all the links, not all of them, a bunch of them. More and more keep coming out every week. More different podcast providers are putting us out there. I'm super excited about this, but a bunch of them are out there, including Apple Podcasts, which... A great way to help us is to leave an Apple podcast review. It would just be epic. If you want to follow us on all the various social media networks, just go to hikerpodcast.com. You can follow me, Andy, at Andy Films and Hikes, and I am so excited for this week's episode. If you have been listening to the Hiker Podcast since it came out in July, you know that there is a YouTuber who has influenced so many of us, including myself. That's right. We have the one, the only Darwin on the show this week, talking about his story, being a quote-unquote, air quotes, um, Instagram YouTuber hiker guy, but overall just an amazing creator. We talk about his new film about public lands, his film about the Arizona Trail, and what inspires him and how he feels about inspiring others and how his work has inspired others to not only get on the trail, but create. Darwin, of course, is a dynamic filmmaker, YouTuber, creator, and I'm just very, very excited to have him on the show he was amazing to talk to so we're just gonna get right into it this week without any further ado my conversation with darwin so about a year and a half ago i first got into hiking at that point i didn't know what to do i was like uh do i get these books that they're selling at barnes and nobles do i what so i do what i usually do is i get on youtube and when I got on YouTube, I found down the algorithmic hole that is YouTube, our next guest. Many of you may know him. Many of you may not. Darwin, his channel, Darwin on the Trail. Darwin, thank you so much for coming on the show. Yeah, man. Thanks for having me. So there's a lot of new hikers who listen to this show. So maybe they haven't been introduced to your channel or who you are. So I want just introduce yourself, who you are, where you come from, that sort of thing.
1: Yeah. Um, I mean... I'm Darwin. (laughs) Um, So originally, I am from Evansville, Indiana, which is like the second largest, I guess, metropolitan city in Indiana, which isn't saying much. Um, So, born and raised in the Midwest my whole life. And in 2014, I decided to kind of start making the steps to simplifying my life and kind of walking away from a career. And a recording studio that I used to own and basically just change it up and, uh, and and have a different life. So in 2015, I went to go through hike the Appalachian Trail, and uh, I guess the rest is history.
0: <laughs> so if you, you, know, if you guys don't, haven't heard his whole story, make sure you check out his YouTube channel. Uh, and you're on tons of other podcasts, so I don't want to get onto onto uh, other other subjects yeah it's, it's weird right to.
1: like I, I feel like I've I've told that story so many times over the exactly. years <laughs> and it's fun uh, like but it, to a point like it starts to feel like uh I don't know I feel like it becomes like a weird memory I guess like a distant exactly. memory that I yeah. keep talking about
0: <laughs> it's fun it's funny listening to some other podcast you on Bikepacking packing podcast other podcasts yeah. it's like I like, okay, I can skip through this. I can skip through that. Not that your story is not important, but it's no. like, <laughs> we, we all kind of, we've, we've all heard it and you've, you've always alluded to it on your channel. Yeah. Um. One thing I'm curious about though, yeah. is so you, you before you get, went on the AT, you're living the stereotypical American dream. Right. You have a wife, you own a house, you mm-hmm. have a business. Oh yeah. The stuff that we all strive to, you're in your twenties and you've kind of accomplished what everyone kind of sets out to accomplish. Yeah. And I heard you say in one podcast, you were just kind of bored. Like, I'm bored.
1: Yeah. You know, I think, you know, for a lot of people, I guess the American dream is like, you know, you get married, you have a career, you have a house, and then like you have kids. And and my wife and I, we've been married um, over 13 years at this point. We've never been ones for kids. Like we were just both never really kid people. So we kind of decided early on that kids weren't really for us. So, you know, we got married we had the careers. Uh, my wife was a psychologist. Um, I was a machinist and toolmaker by trade, um, and then had a recording studio that I ran out of our house. And at the time I was racing, um, I quote unquote, I was like, if you could see my air quotes right now, semi pro triathlete, which is just a fancy way of saying like you're, you have sponsors, but they don't pay for anything. <laughs> so, <laughs> I don't. I don't know how special that actually is. Um, and you know, every weekend for about eight years straight, uh, I was racing. So we would go on road trips every weekend because you know where I'm from, there wasn't a whole lot of races and stuff. Not a big endurance athlete scene. So we were constantly traveling every weekend. And I don't know, man. It just got to the point to where we were like. Well, we're not going to have kids. We're not really here on the weekends when we're not working to enjoy our house and, you know, do the typical like paint your fence, uh, you know, whitewash your fence and and mow your grass. So, like, I I guess like as strange as it sounds, like we we were just kind of like, well, what are we doing here? Like, let's let's go do something different. Let's let's go change it up. So,
0: yeah, it's not that stereotypical and it's not I don't like the stereotype you know, through hikers or hikers yeah. or backpackers. But there, there is a common Dude, thread. We're all stereotypes. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Especially in the hiking community. We're like there caricatures a common...
1: of each other. <laughs>
0: <laughs> There's a common thread where it's like, oh, I just finished college. I was still trying to find myself or I was in a gap year. So I went out and hiked the AT, hiked the PCT yeah. to discover myself. You had it all and you left it like, pretty much behind you hike the AT yeah had a crazy experience there yeah so you, you, you get off the AT and now you're like okay I want to do YouTube I want to hike more I want to live in a van well, maybe down by maybe down by the river I don't know
1: <laughs> well the funny thing about that is um it, there wasn't really a plan for YouTube it, it was more like um we'd gotten off the AT in 15 and I didn't get to finish in 15 we were like 1,600 miles in. We had to get off the trail because um, I, I broke a tooth. I had ehrlichiosis, which is a form of Lyme's disease, and my wife's grandmother passed away. And we had made a deal before we went out onto the trail that the only thing that would take us off the trail is if her grandma was really bad, she wanted to make sure she was there you know, by her whenever she passed away. So we kind of had like all these three major events happen at one time. We get off the trail, and at the time you know, we spent a lot of money to get off the trail. we were 1600 miles in, so we didn't have a lot left in our budget. Anyways, we spend all this money to get off the trail, run a car. And once we go back home and we take care of everything, I get the, the tooth pulled and I get over having elikiosis and, and we bury uh, her grandmother. We, we knew that we didn't want to stay there. Right. Cause we had already gotten rid of our life basically. <laughs> um, so we took off out West and, um, We found ourselves in New Mexico randomly and I don't know. I was just really felt really disconnected. Cause you know, you spend like 1600 miles on a trail, you get right off the trail. You didn't get to finish it and all the people and all the, I guess the environment that I had spent four months in, you know, going on four months was just kind of ripped away from me. So I felt really disconnected and I was just looking for something. I needed something to connect. And, um, youtube just kind of happened there was no real plan for it i was just like on the internet one day and i was watching these old videos um are, are you familiar with a guy named uh, Redbeard beard will wood do you ever see yep. any of his videos okay yep. so i watched a lot of his videos before going out onto the at and uh, him and joe brewer who is now backcountry banter um So I just like, you know, basically like I need a nostalgia overload and I start rewatching these videos and trying to connect to it. And then like just this random idea, like blipped into my head. I'm like, oh, I have a little GoPro. Like I'll make a little video and start a YouTube account. And that's kind of how it happened. So
0: (laughs) and from there, you you have the YouTube channel. It it blows up. And one thing I've I was astounded by when I first got into hiking in, in 2019, I started doing some trail angel stuff around here in Ashland and yes. the, all, all the thru hikers, they 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 were all fans. It wasn't because they were talking about you; it's because I heard them quoting you all the time, <laughs> as if it was their own words. <laughs> That's like <weird>. I would <laughs> a question a question I would ask so many thru hikers, but would, would be what, what's your ideal? What's the ideal thing for you to have in in a trail town? And so many of them said. If they have a Dollar General, it's good. And I remember you saying that in the video for the PCT. <laughs> and I'm like, they're just quoting Darwin. That's all they're doing. And just the, the, the influence that you've had on this community has been astounding. How, how, how do you feel about that? Just kind of flush that out a little bit. Like what the um, influence you have when you, you say something and it kind of just resonates within the hiking and backpacking community. Well,
1: it's, it's, it's weird for me because I I think I've said this multiple times. on like multiple different things and two people, but, um, as a creator and especially like myself, you know, I don't, I don't have, you know, there's some like, I guess, YouTubers that have like an editor and, and have like a team, right. That like does stuff. I really do like live in a vacuum, right? So (laughs) I get the idea for a video. I go out and shoot the video. I edit the video. I put the video up and then like, once it's up and I answer like an hour of comments, because that's usually what I do. I'll do about like the first hour just to, you know, engage with people. I kind of just walk away from it. I'm on to the next thing. So, still today, I mean, even though like this has been going on for a long time, <laughs> um, it still kind of weirds me out whenever like people notice me or like I'll see something and someone say that it was influenced by me or like sometimes you know I even will see someone's full gear list. Um, randomly poking around. I'll see someone's gear list or see somebody out on trail that is basically like head to toe wearing the same thing that like (laughs) I, I wore like on a hike or same pack, same tent, same trekking poles. Um, and it kind of like, I don't know, it's this weird, um, it's very surreal because I just don't think about it that way. Like I never have, because again, I didn't get into it to be like a famous YouTuber Um, I didn't get it. And if anybody that watches my videos, every time I say these words, I'm totally air quoting right now. You just can't see my hands, (laughs) um, or an online personality, uh, you know, an online celebrity. That's not, that wasn't my intention. So for me, it's just, oh, here's a video that I want to create and I put it out there and then people do what they want to with it. So yeah, I guess unpacking that it's really still weird for me, um, to think about it that way, because I don't know, I guess I just don't think about it that way. (laughs) Almost to wear like it kind of throws me off guard when like somebody hollers my name or something or, you know, walks up to me or wants to take a photo or, or something like that. It's it's always bizarre to me because that's, I don't know, I guess I just, I just don't think about it.
0: <laughs> so you 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 do have a lot of influence within the community, whether it's it's gear stores. You know, I, t- I talked with the owners uh, of, of, of Canock last, last week. Oh, yeah. Go yeah. a good dude. Oh, amazing. And they they, they had wonderful things to say about you and the help you've you've given them as a company just you know using their gear and giving them feedback um talk a little bit about though outdoor evolution and your your trail name darwin yeah um what is the story between you know darwin and, and outdoor evolution and and change and how does that all how did that all come together well,
1: um, I'm actually glad you asked me that. Cause I, I've, I kind of feel like lately I, I've really been kind of trying to tell that story, but sometimes, um, and this kind of, I guess, gives me an opportunity for anyone that's been watching my videos lately and has maybe heard me say a few things or maybe noticed that I'm kind of going down this other direction. Um, back in 2018, you know, as we just talked about Andy, like I, I never intended for any of that to happen. You know, I just wanted to make videos and put them out there. And, and it was kind of for me, like, I just wanted to feel connected. Um, so when I was out on the PCT in 2018, I mean, I wasn't even halfway through the trail. And like, I had people walking up to me every day or leaving me messages on my videos that were coming out, you know, comments and getting emails and people saying like, I can't wait to watch you do the CDT next year and get your triple crown. And it felt really bizarre to me because I'm, I'm a very live in the moment kind of person. I'm always live in the moment kind of person. So much to where I like a lot of people always ask me for like uh, how to plan like through hikes. Like I don't plan through hikes. I just kind of go and do them. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the worst person to ask advice for, which is funny because it's kind of like I, that's what I do, right? Like I make videos giving people <laughs> advice. Um, I don't even take my own advice. Um, so... There there came this time where I was on the trail and I was actually right outside of uh, Shasta, Mount Shasta. And I had this incident that happened on the trail um, where I met this person and they said something really heavy to me, thanked me for all my videos. And it kind of made me feel very weird because like I felt like if I went in, to through hike the CDT in 2019... Um, was I doing it for myself or was I doing it because a bunch of people were watching me and all of a sudden I was some reality TV star and it, it honestly started to really bother me. Um, and I think it's because it's the first time, you know, when I went out to do the PCT in 2018, it was the first time that I was really around a lot of people every day that knew who I was. Because when I went to do the AT, you know, I didn't have the YouTube channel. Uh, Everything that I'd done since then, hiking sections of the Arizona Trail, um, doing sections of the Continental Divide Trail, through hiking the Penhody Trail, like nobody was out there. I was like by myself. (laughs) So I wasn't really engaging with anybody that much. And again, living in a vacuum. So it kind of started to bother me. And I decided while I was on the trail, like, okay, I'm going to start going down another direction because I don't just want to go do the CDT, get my triple crown and be kind of like entertainment for everybody. Cause that's not why I got into it. And then I started coming up with the idea of like, okay, well, what about if I start this other thing where I can talk about, it's not just about me and it's not just about my gear and it's not just about my hikes. And that's kind of where outdoor evolution started. And that's kind of where the idea started brewing to where, okay, well, I'm going to start this website. And kind of make this multimedia company where I want to publish other people's articles and highlight other people and what they're doing and creating. I want to talk about other interests that I have, like bikepacking or, you know, um, alternative lifestyle like living out of a van. Because I would tried to dabble with that stuff on my channel for years. Um, you know, I there was a lot, there was a time where I did a bunch of bikepacking videos and nobody really wanted to watch them. There was a time where I did like this uh this this travel vlog series called Travel and Trail. If anyone's never seen those, go find those. They're really terrible, um, and nobody wanted to watch those. People just wanted to see Darwin, the thru hiker, that talks about gear. So, Outdoor Revolution was kind of a way for me to start making other things and hopefully inspiring people in other ways, aside from it just being so um, about me. Does it make sense? Like sometimes, like I talk about that, and I don't know if like people understand that or or get that and and that's also like where the idea of like instead of doing the cdt in 2019 i went out to shoot a documentary film um about somebody else and about something else that was for somebody else and it wasn't for me you know i could have went and hiked the cdt and put out a whole video series and got a bunch of views and could have monetized the crap out of it. And, you know, I I could have done it for, you know, to make money and get more popular. And that just, wasn't my goal. And I, and I almost did it as like a statement of saying like, well, that's not important. This is important. It's important to just love hiking because you love hiking. It's important to get out there for the right reasons and not because you're trying to show off to a bunch of people, um, which sounds like devil's advocate because, you know, I have a YouTube channel and I share things with people. But that's really where the idea of outdoor evolution came from. And the whole point of outdoor evolution, and still is, is for me to help other people, for me to give back, whether it's to the community, to trails, um, to public lands, any way that I can kind of turn the camera around from being on me to something else. That's That's the whole point of it.
0: So how do you manage people's expectations then? I mean, you don't. I, 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 I discovered, I discovered, you know, on the podcast, people are like, oh, you know, you, you interview too many through hikers, you need to get more yeah. this or that. And people are getting put these expectations on you. Yeah. yeah. And you kind of said, screw it. I'm yeah. going to, I'm going to, I'm going to make a, I'm going to make through the great South, the great Southwest, which is an amazing documentary. I oh, love it. Fun. I purchased it. Um, everybody go check out Amazon prime or on Vimeo. It's there. Yeah but you you have you know you go say you head up to cascade locks for pct days or wherever and yeah. people are get put they're putting these expectations on you of what they think darwin should be how do you manage that day to day another excellent question
1: is um, this i feel like this is stuff that like i've been wanting to talk about for a while and and sometimes you know it's it's hard to like you know, make a 10 to 15 minute YouTube video and and have it be interesting and engaging, but also like put a message in it. <laughs> so totally, it's, it's yeah. nice to be able to like, to share these messages. Um, you know, it it is, it is hard. And I think that any type of uh, creator out there right now that's listening, any type of quote unquote influencer or um, media creator or someone that shares their life uh, with people and puts their life out there, or at least a portion, a curated version of their life It's really hard to manage that stuff and it's hard to manage that stuff because the Darwin that's on YouTube that talks about gear and does through hikes, um, you know, that's just one aspect of my life. You know, whenever we create media, you know, whether it's you with the podcast or me with a YouTube channel or say, you know, some random person with an Instagram account you're, you're curating a version of your life, right? Like you're not on here making a podcast, just talking about your day-to-day life and how like, you know, you didn't get your laundry done and, and, (laughs) and you, you dropped a bunch of food while you were making dinner. So it's really strange whenever you're a person like I'm, I'm just very, I, I try not to be surface level. Um, I'm, I'm, I like a lot of things. I have a lot of different interests. Um, So it can be kind of weird whenever you're like, okay, well, all these people are interested in me, or at least you think all these people are interested in me. So then you start talking about other things and kind of sharing other aspects of your life. And then you have people that kind of want to put you in a box. And I feel like a lot of us that create media or that share themselves, we we do create a box for ourselves, a niche, right? Because you find out, ooh, that's what people like for me to talk about. Yes. Yes. Right. So, so that's what you do and you do it for a long time, but there comes a point, especially if you're a really creative person, like I, that's, I don't, I've said it a million times. I don't consider myself a YouTuber. I don't consider myself a filmmaker or photographer. I just consider myself a creator. I love to create with whatever I can create with. So when you're a creative person and you have these expectations that like, you're supposed to talk about this and do this. It's like, you can only do it for so long. (laughs) I've made like three hundred and seventy five videos talking about like backpacking gear to a point it's like okay well i kind of want to talk about something different now (laughs) um i said that in a video recently i said like you know i've been trying to not make the same old boring youtube video you've seen a million times with somebody sitting in front of a a wall or outside with a big blown out background and a bunch of people say uh oh i don't think these videos are boring like a bunch of people say, I don't think these videos are boring. I love them. And I'm like, I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about me. I'm bored. I'm bored uh-huh. making them. Yeah. I, I want to make something different. Um, so yeah, it's really hard. And, and it's this weird balance, right? Because I'm so appreciative of all of the people that have followed me and supported me and allowed me to kind of, I mean, to a point, not to a point it, it is what it is turn being a, making a goofy YouTube video into a career, like literally my job is turning on a camera and waving my arms around and move my eyebrows and saying, Hey guys, you know, that's, <laughs> that's, that's pretty ridiculous. I mean, in the grand <laughs> scope of things, I mean, think about how many more important things there are in the world. Like there's people that are out there like trying to find the cure for cancer and, you know, launch rockets into space. And I turn a camera on and wave my eyebrows around, and like that's a career like that's ridiculous <laughs> <laughs> um so you know i'm I'm very thankful that so many people love that and that aspect of me, but it's kind of hard whenever um whenever you're as passionate of a person as I am, and you feel like you're you're kind of held back and, and it there's a point to where it can start to feel um demoralizing a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, early on, uh, it, last year, you know, I started being a little more, um, vocal about certain things on social media and stuff like that as everybody was, right? Like we had a crazy year mm-hmm. and a lot of people were making statements about a lot of things that they were passionate about, whether that's politics or race or, you know, whatever it was. Um, you know, I spoke up a lot about public lands and, and I talked a lot about ethics and, um, the outdoor industry and there's, there's certain companies in the outdoor industry that I, I don't necessarily agree with their, their ethics and how they run their company. Um, and I had some guy and I hope that I'm okay to say this. You can bleep it out if you'd like. <laughs> I had some guy leave a comment and I just randomly said that in a video and I didn't go, I didn't preach it. I didn't go into this big diatribe about it. I just said, I don't a hundred percent agree with this company's ethics. And somebody left a comment and said, who gave you a degree in ethics? Shut up and review gear, asshole. And it's like, that's so demoralizing because it's like, (sighs) I'm a human being, like, you know, and on top of that, you know, not for nothing, but like, those are free YouTube videos. Like that guy's not paying to watch my video that I spent a bunch of time making. Mm -hmm. So there becomes this weird point to where there's like a turn, It, it changes and it's, it stops being like, Oh, this is awesome. People are watching my videos. And for me, at least it became a little more personal. Um, because again, that was, you know, I, I could play a character and I could just like make a YouTube video, play a character, ignore everything, make my money and move on. And there's a lot of people that do that. And like, to a point, like hats off to them because I can't do that. (laughs) That's just not me. It never has been, um, So, yeah, it it can be really hard and sometimes a struggle. And like for anybody listening, again, this is this sounds like a stupid thing, like these total first world problems, right? Like Mm -hmm. there's serious issues going on in the world. So for somebody to get on a podcast and like complain, like people don't like when I say things in my YouTube videos, it sounds super silly. (laughs) But to a point, it can be very um, demoralizing and it can make you want to go in other directions, which is something I've really tried to do over the last couple of years. I love making YouTube videos. I love talking about gear and hiking. It's a big passion of mine, but it's not my only passion. Mm
0: -hmm. Um, So yeah, it can be hard for sure. So on the flip side of that, you have also inspired so many creators to make amazing content. I think of one of our first guests, um, Eleanor Osborne who's uh, been amazing and, and she is just amazing to talk to. It was just, and she's such a good person. She she is. She's fun. And was so accommodating with the time zone stuff when she was on the show and just your name came up a lot. And <laughs> um, we, during, during that episode, you know, she called you trail Jesus. I'm, I was like, trail Jesus. Our Lord, Savior. Jesus. <laughs> our did Lord, our Lord and she,
1: Savior. Did she tell you that she hardcore fangirled out on me at a, uh, yes, at she did. Lodge <laughs> in 2019. <laughs> totally caught me off guard scared the hell out of me (laughs) (laughs) you
0: know we we refer to you as our lord and savior darwin you know not to be sacrilegious but it's a little sacrilegious god um don't do that but but you have you have inspired so many people not just to make the the gear videos not that there's anything wrong with the gear videos but to make amazing films and series and beautiful stuff what does that do for you as a creator knowing that you've created that y- your creativity has had this ripple effect that's that spawned more amazing creativity?
1: Well, I mean, I, I I think it's that's amazing. And I think that, again, like I, I I try not to take when it comes to the whole YouTube thing, I try not to take it too seriously because, again, I, I've tried to keep the same thought as like it's just a silly YouTube video. Um So. For me, I think that's mind blowing. Again, I think it's mind blowing that like there are people that sit and watch my video every week. Still to this day, that blows my mind that that someone is interested in hearing my random opinions. (laughs) So I think that's amazing. Um, But, you know, for me, I look at something like that. And again, because I'm, I don't know, maybe uh, I think about things too much. I'm like, okay, well, if I can inspire people to buy a backpack and I can inspire people to hike a trail and I can inspire people to make a YouTube video. What else can I inspire people to do? And so for me, I'm always like, I'm a big legacy person, you know, like, like leaving a legacy kind of thing. I, it's probably the Midwesterner in me like being from Indiana, you know, like you have kids and those are your legacy. Well, I'm not going to have kids. So, I want to make sure that I kind of leave a good impression, um, on the earth. And one of the big things that I'm really passionate about is, you know, the community. I love the outdoor community. I always have. It's one of the reasons I got into it again. I was trying to just feel connected when I got off the AT. So there's a lot of things that I see kind of going wrong and in different directions, um, in the outdoor community, whether it's, in the outdoor industry, uh, whether it's exploitation of public lands, whether it's, um, people, you know, impact, uh, whatever it is. So I've kind of shifted and, and I hope that, that I can influence people to start thinking about these bigger issues and these bigger things and, and not so surface level. Again, I'm, you know, I, I love that I've been able to inspire people in all these other different ways. But there's a part of me that thinks like those are very surface level things. I'm glad that it's like changed people's lives and like, you know, it got people out on the trail and it got people to start creating. And, you know, again, my my whole goal has just been to inspire people. Like that's all I want to do is just inspire somebody. So hopefully um, I can keep talking about what I've been trying to talk about and kind of keep going down these different paths and inspire people to do bigger and better things that aren't just buying a backpack and aren't just starting a YouTube channel. That's a really long answer to your question. Um, Oh, that's, that's perfect. But, but yeah, I mean, to directly answer your question again, I I think it's amazing that, that somebody like, you know, Elena was inspired by my videos to make, to go out and do the PCT and not only do the PCT and have a YouTube channel, but make Way better content than I've ever put on YouTube. Um, big fan. Like I, I I told her that the first time we we chatted. At, and this was after like the, because, you know, I, I met her at Timberline. Mm-hmm. Um, she totally fangirled out on me. Um, and she's like, and I've told her this a million times. Not a million times, but a couple of times. Um, she's like, I'm shooting. I, I got a YouTube channel. I'm shooting video. And, you know, she showed me her camera. And I was like, oh, cool. That's awesome. And, you know, like people tell me that all the time. Mm-hmm. and then like you know months go by she gets off the trail and like she puts out her first video and I'm like oh it's that chick I met at Timberline I'm gonna watch her video watched her her first video that she put out and I was like holy shit like <laughs> wow yeah she really made something like this is way better than anything that I've ever made <laughs> so yeah pretty amazing I'm I'm glad that I maybe had a a hand in that that being said I mean she She's so talented. She oh, didn't gosh. need my help at <laughs> and all. And the be-
0: the best part of that video, I think, is related to you, is the opening. She not mocks, but like, hey, it's Darwin. She does that little opening thing. <laughs> like, no, not really. Yeah, you she know, made a
1: she made a whole uh a whole blooper reel of her saying that multiple times during her <laughs> hike and then sent it over to me.
0: <laughs> so you talked about the outdoor industry and it is mammoth. It's it's huge yeah and trillion dollar industry it's I, I never realized how big it was until i started yeah. doing this podcast and then you have these random companies you know like hey push this and that. i'm like who are you and why what and yeah it, it's just like it's just peddling of things and peddling of things and you started without the revolution this give a shit campaign yeah with public lands yeah yeah talk a little bit about what inspired that and well, then we'll, from there, we'll talk about your, your passion about public lands.
1: Yeah. So, um, for anybody that's listening uh, one more time for the record, because I feel like I just can't say this enough. Um, since I've started my YouTube channel, I decided really early on to never take any type of sponsorships, um, never do, you know, paid spots in my videos, never do a, you know, this video is sponsored by a random outdoor retailer, um, or any just personal sponsorships. Uh, I've I've never wanted to do that, and mainly because I'm a super stubborn person. Like I can't stand for people to tell me what to do. Um, like I, I've always that's I've owned a a restaurant. Um, at one time I I owned a recording studio. I'm um, now I own a media company. Like I I like being my own boss. Can't being I can't stand being told what to do. So that's number one why I never took a sponsorship. But also because I didn't want it to influence. Um, Anything that I ever said, I wanted to make sure that whenever I said something, it was because I truly believed in it. And if I was going to, quote unquote, inspire somebody or influence somebody to do something or buy something, it wasn't because I was being paid to. Um, So that's a quick little caveat to the point I'm trying to make. And that's because of that. um, I've always kind of had this this kind of weird, not problem, but this weird. Feeling with the outdoor industry, Um, you know, we all, whether you're a YouTuber or um, an Instagrammer or one of these, you know, multi trillion dollar outdoor industry companies, um, we all exploit public lands in a certain way. Um, Uh And exploitation is not always. I think when people hear exploitation, they think it's bad. Always. It's a bad word. And it, it, I don't mean it in a bad way, but like we go and we use this thing, right? Well, again, with Outdoor Evolution, my big plan and from day one, like when we launched the site, like, you know, we had stickers on the site and we had like an AT sticker and a PCT sticker and an AZT sticker. And a friend of mine, Abigail, designed the artwork for it. So it's all original artwork. But from day one, I was like, well, if we're going to sell something that... Is you know, is is a piece of public land, and and, and it's it, it, we're profiting off of something. I want to make sure that every time that we do that, like we're giving back. So you know, when we first launched the site, like we had those stickers, and twenty five percent of every sticker that was sold, like went back to the trail association that the sticker was from, right? So when I went to go do the film in two thousand nineteen, um, I spent a lot of time. With the Arizona Trail Association and with a lot of different public lands uh, managers, whether that be the National Forest Service, um, Wilderness, the National Park Service. I spent a lot of time with different agencies, different public land agencies. And I kind of started to realize like, I've been making YouTube videos for all these years and, you know, monetizing my YouTube videos, and I make a profit off of like doing things on public lands and with public lands national parks all of these things being so underfunded all the time getting more impact especially in 2020 Ooh, Oh, gosh. Um, horrible impact in 2020 because of covid um you know who who is going to bring the money back to public lands, to build that infrastructure up, to make sure it's still there. So I can continue going out and hiking in that trail so I can keep making those YouTube videos. So, you know, I can keep living on out of my van on BLM land. Like, like how much longer is it going to be around if no one's giving money back to it and working on that film and spending all that time really kind of shifted my thought. Cause when I went out to go make the film, I was like, Oh, I like the Arizona trail. And I was inspired in 2016 to really like start going full time with media and the YouTube channel and stuff like that when I was on the Arizona Trail. So I felt like I wanted to give something back to the trail, but didn't really know what that meant. And then while I spent all this time with people, I really came to understand like, oh, they're public lands and I am using them and I, to a degree, am profiting off of them. So I should be giving back to them to make sure that they're still there for me to use and to make sure that they're there for people in the future to use. So the problem that I have, I guess it's a roundabout way of getting back to the original question. Um, the problem that I have with a lot of companies in the outdoor industry is, I mean, there's some without naming names, (laughs) there are some cottage companies quote unquote cottage, uh, that a lot of people use. Mm -hmm. Um, Myself included, that you know are making millions of dollars a year, like millions for a cottage company. <laughs> That's um, a cottage, yeah, cottage company. And then you got bigger companies, right? Like um, some of the bigger boys that that are that are in the big box stores um, that are making you know billions of dollars a year. So in 2020 alone, um, I was able to personally raise and give back over $30,000 to public lands.
0: That's amazing.
1: Um, Yeah, but what's more amazing to me is like, if I, an individual can do that, what are these companies that are making millions of dollars a year doing to give back to the thing that not only are they exploiting for profit, right? Like they're profiting off of public lands. So they make gear that people use on public lands. They take photos of their products on public lands. They, you know, their logo or their name of their company might include something that's outdoorsy about public lands. What are they doing to make sure that it's going to still be there that, and maybe it's not even for other people, like just for them to continue to profit off of (laughs) what, what are they doing to get back? And that's really kind of where the idea of hashtag give a shit came from. So I was like, well, again, you know, going back to the whole influence thing, I've influenced people to start YouTube channels. I've influenced companies to make changes in their products. You know, you're talking about Galad earlier from knock. Um, I hope to give a lot of feedback on that, on that Vecto bottle that a lot of people really like. Mm -hmm. Um, I had one of the early prototypes of that and I influenced people to kind of like support his company. Um, so if i can influence that well can i influence the outdoor industry at least the smaller outdoor industry that i'm a part of like the cottage gear companies um and the ones that i've been connected to and that you know people that i know so that's really where hashtag give a shit was or where it came from was the idea of like hey hey company you're profiting off of this thing like do you want to step up and give back to the thing and, and maybe if we all do that and we all pitch in a little bit and we all give back and do our part, like we can help protect it, preserve it for the future.
0: So on a personal level for the, the, the outdoors person, the hiker, social media has really kind of, especially like you were saying in 2020, has yeah. really opened up the outdoors. But I've noticed myself just in the Southern Oregon-Ashland area. Yeah, you know, I've this last year. I've gained a lot of followers with the podcast and a lot of local yeah. followers. And I'll go out. I'll go. I'll go do a day hike, and I'll notice the next day or within that week, all my followers who are local are going on that hike. I'm like, oh my gosh! Like, yeah. I'm having an impact because now people are going, and they're 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 treading on these trails. They're going on these yeah. lands, which there's nothing
1: nothing wrong with. And I, I yeah. want to really like point that out to anyone listening. Is I can't stand the whole gatekeeper mentality of like, this is my trail and you stay off my trail. (laughs) Like, cause I think that's crap. They're public lands, right? Everyone should be enjoying them. Everyone. But the problem is, is there's been this massive boom in outdoor culture over the last 10 years Mm -hmm. and the infrastructure isn't there to, to maintain it. Exactly. So that's really what the problem is. The, The problem isn't like, you shouldn't be out there. This person shouldn't be there and this person should. Like, I think that that's total crap. But yeah, I mean, we're all influencing people to, to go out and do things, especially when we're sharing like, you know, over romanticized photos of ourselves, you know, standing on the edge of the Grand Canyon or, or something else.
0: Um, yeah. Yeah. That's uh, how do we, uh, as anyone with a social media, you know, not, not following just with an Instagram, how do we share the public lands Responsibly and encourage people to, you know, understand things like leave no trace principles and and things like that. Because I see other in, on a local level that people they put oh I went out here and then other people go out there and they just trash the place. I'm like oh my gosh, like this local influencer went they put out there and then other people are coming through. There's trash everywhere. Their kids are running all up and down, cut through the switchbacks, peeling bark off trees. I'm like ah, oh. yeah. So how do we get people to be like? Or what would what is the solution you would think would be a good way to educate people about public lands and leave no trace? Just the basics, you know, plan ahead, don't wear sandals on a trail, <laughs> things like that.
1: Well, I think it just comes down to um, normalizing that, right? And it's it's talking about it, and it's it's be it's being a good steward of the land, and not just encouraging people to hey, come look at this thing and come enjoy this thing, but also you know showing, talking about litter and trash, um, talking about, you know, impact showing that you are giving back or you're doing something. Maybe you, maybe you volunteer a little bit of your time, um, at, you know, uh, your local trail association and you go out and you help build trail and you pick up trash and stuff instead of just posting those photos and talking about all these amazing things that you did in the outdoors and all of these over romanticized curated photos and videos and stuff like that. Start normalizing the other stuff. So then that encourages and influences people to also think about that when they go out. So, you know, if tons of people see that, like, this is trash and I'm picking it up, then if they see that from everybody and every influencer, then the next time they go out and they go to throw their wrapper on the ground, they're going to, you know, something's going to click in their head and they're going to think like, oh, I remember seeing that person, that person, that person, that person picking this trash up. So I think it, it really comes down to normalizing it. It comes down to educating people because that's the thing. I don't think people are inherently bad. It's like people that that are going out to public lands, national parks, national forests, and they're littering or they're tearing the bark off a tree, like you said. I don't think it's because they're just jerks, right? Like they just don't know any better because they haven't they haven't learned that. The reason like I've learned that and the reason that someone like you is, have learned that is because you've spent time out there and you're not just new to it. And, you know, all of us, and I'll call out everybody right now. You know, if you're listening to this, the first time you went out and like you were hanging out in the woods and stuff, I'm sure you done some stuff that wasn't Leave No Trace. Yeah. <laughs> I guarantee you did. I did. Like, I'll admit that right now. I'm, I, I can't tell you exactly what, but I guarantee that, you know, I... I Carves my name onto something. I guarantee that mm-hmm. I accidentally dropped a piece of trash and looked at it, and I'm like, "Eh, I'll pick it up later." I, I'm sure that I did that, but you know, all the time that I've spent out there, I've learned to respect that, and I've also learned from others because, you know, again, like giving back and 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 fighting for public lands, I learned that by going out and spending time with with all these public land managers and 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 trail associations and stuff. So. I think it just really comes down to to influencing people in all kinds of ways and not just influencing people to go do a thing because it's pretty and it's amazing and it'll change your life. And there's nothing wrong with that. But if you truly love it and you say that you love it and you say that you, oh, man, you love the AT and the AT is your home and it's your favorite place in the world or you love this national park, then fight for it. Stand up for it. Do something about it. Like, especially if you got a soapbox, like if you got a soapbox, you got an audience, if you got 500 people following you, that's 500 people that you can educate. It's 500 people that you can encourage and teach to protect this thing that we're all using, that we all love and that we all want to continue to use. And it really is just that simple. Sometimes I feel like I'm like banging my head up against a wall (laughs) when I talk about (laughs) it, because like, to me, it's just like, duh, like, of course, like I want to continue to go out and hike these trails i want to continue to go out and visit these national parks so if i want to continue to do it like i got to maintain it
0: and it's it's important i think also to, to realize for all of us who, who've been on the outdoors for a little bit that there's so many people coming out into the outdoors because of covid there's nothing else to yeah. do yeah and they have to be educated there's this old episode of the simpsons where they're uh, a Disneyland type park and yeah. Bart dumps trash on the ground and immediately like five custodians come, picks it up and they run away. Oh yeah. And that's, it's oh, funny. I'm
1: geeks. So I totally get that.
0: <laughs> and, and, and that's, and that's funny. It's like, Oh, they, they, they pay all these people to pick up every bit of trash off the ground. And there's a lot of people who've, who've lived in the city and they, they don't understand that the outdoors and the wilderness is different and we have to treat it differently yeah. than it's not, it's, just because it says, you know, Crater Lake National Park, it's not like Disneyland Park. And so there's a certain amount of education and grace that needs to be given um, in those instances where we educate on Leave No Trace. And then we put, you know, media and things out there that say, this is how we treat public lands. We tell them about the um, the Patagonia film, which was I thought was great about public lands. Oh,
1: yeah. Public Trust was amazing. Public
0: Trust. Oh, gosh. It Beautiful. Was, I, I loved it so much because you had not just – you know, hikers. We had hunters and other like people who just are all these different kinds of people from different backgrounds enjoying you know, public lands.
1: You know, and the thing that I kind of want to point out about that, and if no one's seen the film, uh, go watch it on YouTube. You can watch free, it for free. Yeah. Um, public Trust, amazing documentary. If you want to learn a little more about how public lands are are managed and and divided up and and how they're being exploited by big business and by uh, government and stuff, and like that is a thing that sometimes, and this is a good topic to talk about Some, I want to point out um, especially to anyone that is an influencer or, or someone that that just enjoys the outdoors and, and goes to use it and they're like yeah but and they want to point a finger to something else that film spent a lot of time really talking about big business mm-hmm. and government dividing up public lands for profit and and big business exploiting public lands and that's really what they touched on but I think that because of that because we've made that such a topic that we talk about all the time, like people tend to forget that, you know, our industry, the outdoor industry is really doing the same thing. It's just in a different way. Like, you know, no, the North face isn't going out and like, you know, fracking, <laughs> but they're going out and they're spending tons of money, you know, with ad campaigns and, and making, making profit off of off of public lands so they are also profiting off of this thing maybe not as direct as big business but it's happening as well so we're all impacting it in one way or another and i just think that that's really important for people to understand i'm currently working on a project that really kind of goes into that side of it because you know i think that they did a really good job of talking about big business and government but what i want to kind of do is again point the finger at myself point the finger at my community and my industry and say well well, we're all complaining about it and we're all fighting for it we think we're fighting for it but like what are we personally doing to give back and to protect it and to preserve it
0: and, and speaking of segway talk a little <laughs> about about the, the film working one, on, the, that was a setup that, that was really good the, the public lands film uh you you've begun to, to work on you're doing a lot of interviews for yeah uh, t- talk a little bit about that
1: yeah so last year Well, I guess it's, I feel like 2020 almost didn't happen. I did a lot in 2020 personally, but I feel like it didn't happen. Cause like when I say last year, my brain instantly goes to 2019. In 2019, you know, I worked on that film and while I was really focusing on this one piece of public land, which is the Arizona trail, I really, you know, obviously that inspired me and encouraged me to think a lot more like kind of on a on a, on a national scale and much bigger and be like, well, if this is something that needs help protecting and needs help funding, what about all these other things? So I early on got inspired, like, I think that the next project that I work on, I want to talk about all public lands, but again, and it was, it was bizarre because I hadn't heard about public trust yet. I didn't know that they were doing that film. Um, you know, I started thinking to myself, well, we all want to talk about big business and all of this, but like, what about us? And, and if I can, again, if I can help give back and just one person that's got a silly YouTube channel can like give back over $30,000 and, and bring attention to it. Well, like, what about the rest of us? What about the rest of influencers? And what about people that spend time out there? And what about the industry, um, these companies? So, In October, I started production on a another documentary film, um, which I guess I'll announce here for the first time has in the last couple months has actually started to go a different direction. So originally the idea was to go shoot a film and really talk about all that encompasses public lands to to educate folks on what public lands are, why they're important to protect. But, you know, whenever you're talking about everything that makes up public lands, which is the National Scenic Trails, the National Park System, National Forest Service, Wilderness Areas, BLM, all of these, like, just so many different branches and different parts of what public lands are, it's really hard to condense that into one thing. (laughs) So to, you know, try to make that into an hour and a half film uh, is going to be a challenge because, like, already I've only really been in production for a month because I, I went out on the road in October to start shooting footage for it and doing interviews. And then when I got back after spending 24 days on the road, just nonstop, like I needed a massive break. So, um, it was pretty intense. I, uh, I decided to take the last couple months off, work on some other projects, get my head right. And then the end of this month, I go back out and start production again. But instead of doing a film, I think that I'm going to do a docu series. Ooh yeah because I kind of want to touch i want to go a little bit more uh, in depth on why these certain parts of public lands are important on on different levels and and what they mean and how they're being how they're being impacted um and how they can be helped so I think that's the plan now um but yeah th- that was really the point was to again, I'm always just thinking like what can I do? What can I do personally? Well, I can influence people, right? Like, that's my gift. I get to flare my arms around and and move my eyebrows around and act goofy on a camera, and, like, I can influence people. So, if I can influence people, again, to start a YouTube channel or buy a backpack, surely I can influence people to get back and and protect a thing that I love and that everyone else should, that sh- should love.
0: Darwin thank you so much for coming on yeah man tell us your story your passion for public lands if people want to just find you on the interwebs where would they go
1: <laughs> um uh, i guess you could just go to google and type in darwin on the trail <laughs> i'm sure you can find stuff or or you can go to the outdoor dot com
0: um yeah awesome darwin thank you so much for coming on the hiker podcast
1: yeah bud thanks for having me
0: Hey there, guys. Thanks for listening through that entire episode. hes He really is an amazing and humble guy. I was so thankful to have him on the show. He took time out of his schedule. He was doing other things today, and he took you know, an hour out of his day to, to talk with the Hiker Podcast, to talk with me. Thank you so much, Darwin. Make sure you follow him on all the various social media networks. Go to theoutdoorevolution.com to find out everything he's doing. And, of course, you can subscribe to his YouTube, all that fun stuff. Check him out so So worth it. And um, hopefully you're inspired um, by his evolution as a hiker, as a creator, as a filmmaker. So thank you for listening to that entire interview. If you'd like to support the hiker podcast, there's a couple things you can do. You can help us out by going to our sponsors who actually give a crap. That's right. You have CSS and coffee. They are giving back to the community to help climate change and other things of that nature, but also like their packaging. It's not that foily crap. It's biodegradable and it is the best tasting instant coffee on the trail i say that having tried i think all of them at this point i mean yeah if you find a better one come and tell me i will i will eat my words but cs yes, insta coffee go to the affiliate link in the description of this episode and uh, yeah it helps out the show also canock outdoors we had gilad and mika of canock outdoors on the show last week amazing couple amazing company who gives back promoting leave no trace that are making products that are hopefully gonna leave no trace, like the Visico water bottle, which will replace the smart water bottles we've been using so much. That, of course, the trucking poles and the, the, the Vecto water bags, the thing about the trekking poles is I've tried to break them and I can't. I'm not saying they're unbreakable. I'm saying I have tried. I have been unable to. Amazing trekking poles. If you want to get your own pair of trekking poles, Kanak has offered to give the Hiker Podcast listeners 10% off by using the promo code HIKERPODCAST or just going to the link in the description of this episode. With that, guys, make sure you follow Darwin. You can follow me on all the various social media networks or no, just Instagram at Andy Films and Hikes. Uh, also go to HikerPodcast.com for all the Hiker Podcasts social media links. With that, I am very excited to next week, continue our conversation about public lands as we talk to environmental educator, Sammy Wolanowski who talks about public lands, national monuments, and uh, amazing conversation. I wanted to get this conversation with Darwin before that, because I wanted to kind of prime you all for a conversation about the the importance of public lands and why we need to preserve them and what we as hikers can do uh, practically to help leave no trace and reduce our footprint as we're going on the trail so look for that next week with that guys thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of the hiker podcast